Hey, hey, got a legend today. Got another legend for y'all today. Soon Sports Podcast. I'm telling you, man, it don't get no better than this. We got a legend in the building. Uh, the former Dunbar coach, former Howard uh, coach, basketball coach, University of Howard, University of UDC, AD. I mean, man, coach uh, the USBL. <laughs> it just doesn't get no better than this. It, I can go on and on, but Man, I, I want y'all to uh, meet this guy, this legend himself, Mr. Mike McLeese. How you doing, sir? Good, good to be here. I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for having me on, Jay. Oh, uh, man, I can't. I, I I couldn't have it no other way without uh, having a legend. Uh, we're going to get right into it uh, for the people that don't know, which I, 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 I highly doubt that people don't know you, but for those worldwide perspective that don't know you can you give a little bit of a background of who you are and and how you became uh you know the legend basketball coach that you were that you are sure Sure. no no question well mike mcleese uh born and raised in dc and uh started started coaching in elementary school uh slow elementary school and uh you know really went up through the ranks from slow elementary you know i coached at lincoln junior high and I coached the girls' team for a couple of years at Dunbar, and uh, and I got the head coaching job at, at, at Dunbar. And the way I got the job was interesting because uh, I was working the John Thompson basketball camp, okay. and um, and and uh, Westmore, who was a, who was the coach ahead of me, he had just won won the city title, wow. but he he gave it up. And so Coach Thompson asked me, he said, "Mac, you interested in that job?" So I'm like, this is a trick question, <laughs> you know? So I said, yeah, coach, you know, so he made the call to Dr. Russo. She called me, called me in the office, talked to me, interviewed me and, you know, got the job. And um, from that point, you know, things kind of took off for us. We had, you know, I had some success at Dunbar. And um, then from that point, I got the head coaching job at Howard and uh, was at Howard for four years. And when I left Howard, went to UDC, and was at UDC for five years as a head coach and athletic director. So then I retired, and here I am on your show, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Retire. Is, is there any possible way we can get you out of retirement? They, it seems like they, <laughs> they can use a, a helping hand, in a, in, especially in the DC, uh, DCIAA. Uh, let me ask you this. How do you feel about the uh, DCIAA being as though you co- coached in the DCIAA how do you feel as though the programs has been uh, going from since you left your center uh, at Dunbar? Well, 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 one of the things that, that, that you know, obviously in, in, in basketball, the DCIAA has been down in terms of from top to bottom. Okay. You know, you got the quality teams like Roosevelt and, 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 and Wilson, uh, you know, Coolidge is up and coming, you know, but from top, back in the day when I was coaching from top to bottom, you know, the, the inner high slash DCIAA was, was very competitive. Um, but what has happened in, in the way I'm looking at it from the outside in, and like I said, I've been out of the game since 2004, but it, it's, it's kind of the talent is, is, is it's kind of um, uh, spread out. You know, you got now you've got, uh, you got charter schools, you got, you know, of course the, the Catholic league and you got, you know, um, uh, these other schools that are popping up, these other, you know, religious schools, if you will, you know, so it's, it's the, the, the talent is, is, is thinned out, you know, back in the day, 
basically all you had was was DCIAA in a high, the public school, and then you had the, the WCAC, the Catholic League. So the talent was was pretty much confined to those those particular schools, and that that way it was it was a lot more competitive. But but some of the programs, you know, um, you know, my my old school Dunbar is, is I think they're on the, on on an uptick. I, I thought Damon Singletary did an outstanding job there. You know, he just couldn't just couldn't get to that next level. You know, and so they brought in Trey Taylor, Trey 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 Trey, Trey Kelly. I'm, I'm yeah. thinking Trey Turn. I'm thinking oh, baseball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they brought in Trey Kelly. Oh, yeah. uh, who, who who played for one of my former players? He played for Lorenzo Roach. Yeah, and 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 Trey is you know trying to get the program you know back to where we were back in the day. So good luck to him, and you know I, I think it's going to be fun to watch. Absolutely, absolutely. So at Dunbar, you you y'all was a powerhouse, and um, I read. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. That uh, I, I want to say 1989, you was. You could have played uh, the powerhouse out Virginia. Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, here, oh, here, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, how, how did that uh, transpire? Like, what, what, what was uh, the the details in that? Whereas yeah. though y'all couldn't play each other. Well, what happened was it, it, it actually was like I, I don't. It wasn't '89. It wasn't the '89 season. It might have been. Might have been the eighty nine ninety season. Yeah, it, it was it was in that in that range because I know Zoe Roach was on that on that particular team, and we were in we were in a tournament um, down in Roanoke, Virginia, and they were also in the tournament in in, in Roanoke, and they were ranked. Um, I think at that time we might have been ranked number six in the country, and they probably were number two, number three, something to that effect. And so the promoters were trying to get it get it done with where we could play them, and and you know it would be um, you know exciting for everybody. And of course, we were ready to play. You know, we 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 you know we didn't take we played anybody. It didn't make us no different. We were gonna play you. We we're gonna give you the best shot. You know, but um, but I I don't know exactly the ins and outs, but I think it was something contractual that Oak Hill. Uh, couldn't get out of the deal of the team that they were supposed to play, so it didn't come about. And um, you know, it's unfortunate because they had they had a hell of a team. They had Jerry Stackhouse on that team, you know. And and uh, of course, we was always loaded. You know, if it was that ninety team, I had yeah. I had uh, Scoop Marshall, Mike Smith, you know, that crew, you know. So yeah. we were loaded too. So it would have been a good one. It would have been a oh, good yeah. one, no question. Yeah, I know the fans would have loved to see that one. Uh, any particular reason? Do you think that? Uh, you know, DCIAA in particular can't play those schools like that because that never has happened uh, since I've been around. I, I don't know uh, if you know that far as the schools like Oak Hill and uh, uh, different schools like that during a regular season will be able to play those type of schools. Is there yeah, any particular reason why? No, it's, it's it's all about scheduling. I know, I know back in the day, you know, we always played – a tough schedule, a national schedule. You know, we we played uh, uh, when we we traveled to uh, Florida, and I think we had I think it was four nationally ranked teams in that particular tournament, and uh, we ended up winning that tournament. Um, it, it, it's just about scheduling and, and and how you do your program. Like now, you know, with um, with the, the shoe companies involved and whatnot, it, it they're they're more more or less looking for 
um, the, 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 the higher caliber programs. During that time, during that time when, when, when I was coaching in Dunbar, you know, we were, you know, we were nationally ranked every year. So we always had players like Donald Ford, you know, Michael Smith, you know, Nate Langley, guys like that, whose name was on a national level. So it was an easy sell for, for those promoters to say, hey, we've got D.C. Dunbar coming in here with three, four or five Division One players, you know. And so I think what's happening now is is the DCIA has got to get, get that level back, you know, uh, I know Roosevelt plays a national schedule. Wilson plays a national schedule. Coolidge, is, you know, they're doing that thing. So, you know, it's getting there. It's, it's, it's coming back. It's coming back. Absolutely. Uh, where are you from, Coach? Uh, are you from the area or are you from a uh, – because uh, I, I don't know. Are, are you from, like, North Carolina or what? Because I know you went to Elizabeth City State, right. correct? Right, right, right. Now, I'm from, I'm from D.C., born and raised. Born wow. and raised. Washington, D.C. Grew up in the uh, northwest section. Um Went to Western High School, which is which is no longer Western. It's, it's okay. now Duke Ellington School of the Arts. Okay. But back back when I was coming up, it was, you know, it was Western High School. Um, uh, went to uh, Stevens Elementary. From I'm from the fog, Foggy Bottom, Georgetown area. That right. that was where where I grew up at. And and like you say, I went to Elizabeth City State down in North Carolina. And um, that's really when I got into coaching. To be honest with you, um, I, I was um, I didn't play basketball. I, I was one of the managers for the for the team, and so I studied Coach Bobby Bond, who was a legend in his himself. You know, he's one of the winningest coaches in the state of North Carolina, um, HBCU, and so he kind of took me under his wing, and 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 you know, kind of let me come to practice and whatnot. Then I became the voice of the Vikings. You know, I was doing a lot of the PA and following the team around. And then I started coaching my fraternity team. And, um, you know, that's that's when the bug bit me. And uh, when I finished school, I got into it. You know, that's what I wanted to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, can you talk about uh, your time at Elizabeth City uh, State and what made you choose to go to Elizabeth City State? Good question. Um, well, when I was finishing high school, I was like, you know, I wasn't the best of students, you know, uh, in high school. <laughs> anyway, I mean, I did enough to get by. And uh, I really didn't, I really didn't have a desire to go, to go to college, to go to school. And, uh, you know, my parents, my parents were like, nah, you, 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 you going to college, you know, they got, at, at the time that I was coming out, the Vietnam War was, was in full effect. Wow. And so one way to stay out of the war, if you went to school, you got what they call a student deferment. You know, you, you weren't drafted. You weren't being drafted. Um, and so I had a buddy who I grew up with. We went to elementary, junior high, and high school together, Maurice Harrod, who played football at Elizabeth City. And so he said, you know, hey, man, come on down here, you know. And so that's that's what happened. We ended up being roommates for, for well, he was a year ahead of me. So we were roommates for like three years. And, uh, you know, he's in Kentucky now. To this day, we're still in touch with another lifelong friends from the sandbox, as they say. And uh, and that's that's how I got down there, you know, and, and got, loved it. Best best move I made, you know, had a great time. Absolutely, absolutely. At Dunbar, moving into Dunbar, I, I remember you. I can remember uh, playing. I played at Roper Junior High School and just watching some of the players that went um, to Dunbar. I just knew for sure that I was coming there. And I I I don't know if you remember this or not, but you was recruiting a uh 
uh, teammate of mine by the name of Jason Hinton. He was like one of the top uh, junior high school players at that time. Right. And and uh, you recruit, he was a year in front of me. You recruited him. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm, I know where I'm going. I'm going up Dunbar with, with, with Jason Hinton and all them boys. Right. I didn't know that uh, uh, reality came in and I was like, they, they got heavy. You got uh, Earl Tyson. You got... Uh, you know, uh, Donnell Brown was on Don- that team. Donnell right. Brown and, and all them and all them. So, yeah. Can Can you talk about uh uh what it takes far as the uh to get to that level uh when you was recruiting uh junior high school students at Dunbar that that type of uh, caliber of player that you needed to be to get to that level like the Earl Tyson's, the Donnell Browns, and, and such and such. Well, well, one thing for sure is, is the, the success that we had at Dunbar was about the players that we had. No, no if and buts about it. And um, when you're recruiting, when you well, at least when I was recruiting players, and I was trying to get players like 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 Jason Hinton and and, and Donnell Brown, Lorenzo, you know, t- uh, uh, players like that. I used to always watch what they did when they're not in the game, you know. How they reacted to their teammates? Were they were they were they were they powders? Were they sitting on the end of the bench, you know, complaining about not being there? You know, when the coach was talking in a timeout, were they listening to the coach? You know, I was looking at all those intangibles because I always felt like the players they 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 gotta let you coach them, you know. And and a lot of people don't understand what I mean when I say that. But 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 what I'm saying is, you know, they can have all the talent in the world. But if they don't buy in to what you are trying to accomplish, if they don't buy into your methods of, of, of how to teach, they're not letting you coach. So you're not going to get the best out of them, you know. And that's those were some of the intangibles that I would always look for is how they reacted, you know, when they weren't in the game, are they cheering for their teammates, you know, when, when they're coming off the – off the sideline, are they high-fiving or are they going down to the end of the bench and, and looking up in the stands and seeing, you know, man, I don't know why I ain't in the game. Why he took me out of the game, you know, because you ain't got time for that as a coach, you know what I'm saying? So that's kind of, kind of, you know, some of the things. Of course, they had to be able to play, too. You know, we, we, we were looking for talent, too, but, you know, Absolutely. we were looking for, looking for some intangibles as well. You know? Absolutely. Uh, I see that, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, I, you know, uh, you went 180 out of 40, 180 and 40 record at your tenure at uh, Dunbar Senior High School. How, how, how did you, did you, did you even know at the time that you took that job uh, from the girl's side to the boy's side that you was even going to, uh, you know, impact high school basketball in D.C. at that time? Did you even no, know it was going to be like that? No, I had, I, had, I had no clue, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I tried to I tried to prepare myself. You know, I went to a lot of clinics, work camps. You know, as I mentioned, you know, I worked John Thompson's camp. camp. Um, and, and, and my first year, my first year as a head coach at Dunbar, uh, I think we won, I think we won nine or 10 games, you know, and they were ready to fire me. They were ready to fire me my first year. And, and Dr. Russo, uh, a couple of the system principals, like, man, he too soft. Man, we gotta get this dude out of here, you know. And and Dr. Russo, <laughs> Dr. Russo told him, said, look, gotta leave the man alone, let the man do his job. But what 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 turned it around for me was in in in, in 19, 
88, the 88 Olympic team was here with, with John Thompson. Okay. And John Thompson, I had been working this camp, and obviously coach had seen something in me, you know, that he liked. Mm-hmm. And he had his assistant coach call me and ask me if I wanted to work with them with the 88 Olympic team. Mm-hmm. And so I said, yeah. So all that summer, you know, I was able to be part of that, the, the practices, how the practices went down, the meetings that we were in with the coaching staff, you know, and they had guys like Danny Manning, uh, Stacey Ogman, you know, Mitch Richmond. I mean, they had, you know, it was the Olympic team. They ended up winning the bronze medal, you know. So I had that opportunity to, to really learn the nuances of coaching, you know, when to take the time out, how to relate to and, and inject my personality into it. And, and, and I, knew, I knew going in to that, to my 89 season, that we were going to win. And, and 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 sure as hell, that's when we won our first championship in 1989, and we ain't looked back from that. Wow! You know, so that's 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 how I got going. Gotcha. Yeah. And speaking of speaking of Coach uh, John Thompson, uh, you know, may he rest in peace. Uh, can you talk about John Thompson and how much he meant to you as a you know coach, as a, a mentor, and different things of that nature? It, it, it was two. It was two guys that that, that I owe. You know, well, actually three that I owe all my success to. Number one is my father, all right, because he instilled in me. He was our first coach. He coached his football when I was coming up, yada, 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 you know, and he he gave me the the, the values that I think that, that to make me a man and a good man, you know. The other two on the athletic side was Coach Bobby Vaughn from Elizabeth City, who I didn't play for, but he he took me under his wing and kind of showed me some things. And then, of course, Coach, Coach John Thompson, who saw something in me, you know, by inviting me to come and work work in that camp. And and after after that, you know, when I got the job, you know, he and I, you know, would communicate, you know, after games, we would call one another, you know, and, and, and talk. And he was always, like you say, a mentor. He was always instilling, you know, things in me that, um, that to this day, you know, I, I, I feel fortunate that I was in his life. You know, um, and and like you say, rest in peace, Coach Thompson. But without those three men in my life, I don't know where the hell I'd be. You know, be honest with you, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so the transitioning from Dunbar, did you know? I mean, that you was going to leave Dunbar that 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 last year, and and if so, take me through the Dunbar, leaving Dunbar, going to Howard when you was over the position at Howard and. How did that all come about? Yeah, it was crazy, man, because you know, I, I always and I always when, when when back in the day when I would when when I was talk when I would talk to youth, I used to always tell them set goals, set goals, you know, and 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 one of my goals was to be a division one college basketball coach. And I was fortunate to be able to get that right here in my hometown where I didn't have to move and uproot my family, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so uh, but but I didn't know it was gonna come by what happened. Um, was late in the season, Butch Beard, who was the head coach at that time, got an NBA job, okay? Wow. And so um, the rumor was that, that you know, uh, I was on their short list, you know, because I, I think they wanted a local guy with, with, with ties and whatnot, you know, here in the city and could recruit the, the area and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, I, you know, when, when they offered me the job, 
you know, it was, it was, you know, a no brainer for me, you know, we just kind of worked out the details of the contract. And uh, unfortunately though, what a lot of people don't realize is that I got that job on October the 3rd and basketball practice started the very next week. So I didn't have a lot of time to, but I didn't get to recruit anybody who was on that team, you know? So I kind of came in behind the eight ball. I didn't have a president and I didn't have an athletic director. And so again, I'm, I'm, I'm behind the eight ball, you know, but, but again, we don't get a lot of these opportunities. So, you know, you got to jump on it and and I don't have any regrets, you know, but I knew when the, when the new president, cause we were trying to build from scratch and, you know, we were recruiting locally you know, I brought in Jabari Oots, uh, Xavier Singletary from Dunbar, brought in a uh, uh, big dog, Jermaine Holloway from Roosevelt. So we were building something, you know. Um, but the new the new president came in and he had other ideas. He wanted to bring in his guy, you know, which I understand that's the nature of the business. So it got, got down to when my the fourth year of my contract, you know, they didn't renew it, you know, it was, had, had, had to move on, you know. So that, that's I, the way it Question based off that, because I always wanted to know as a, uh, I went to H.D. Wilson in um, mm-hmm. public school in D.C., and I always wanted to know, and I know a lot of people wanted to know, is it a stigma that 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 Howard don't recruit from the D.C. public school? I mean, I, I know you as a coach, like you said, you named a couple of people, but when you, after you, it wasn't nobody. Can you talk about that? Is it is it harder to get in Howard? It, it, it was, and it probably still is. At the time I was there, it was it was very difficult to get into Howard academically. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the schools that 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 we competed against, like Coppin State, South Carolina State, they could bring in what they call Proposition Forty Eight students, and and who who didn't have didn't get the score, but they had a decent grade point average. They could sit them out, and then the next year. You know, if they met the eligibility requirements, they were good to go. But you weren't bringing in no Prop 48s at how. You know, it, it was, you know, they had to come in with a certain GPA and a certain uh, 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 SAT score, you know. And so that kind of limited uh, who you could recruit, you know. And so because you and, and another thing what a lot of people don't realize is that on a given year, you may only have three scholarships, mm. you know. And so it's it's not like people people say, man, why didn't they go after that kid right there from HD Wilson? Or why didn't they go after that kid from from Eastern? Well, yeah. sometimes it's about need as well. You know, you might not need that that kid may may be a point guard at HD Wilson. You know, and I might need a forward or a center. You know, I might have a freshman point guard or a sophomore point guard, so I really don't need. So so a lot of a lot of variables come into play, and I always thought that was a bad rap, even when I left Howard. When, yeah. when they say, you know, man, Howard don't recruit in a high, Howard don't, it, it, it's a lot of variables involved in, in why they did not or could not recruit in a high. Absolutely, absolutely. This is good stuff. Uh, going going from Howard, and, and I'm, I'm going to ask you, because uh, I want to talk about Xavier Singletary, because he went to Dunbar and then came to Howard. Uh, we might as well go in into it now. Did you know that uh, how hard was it to get him to come and, and commit to Howard, being as though he came from a powerhouse like Dunbar? And how uh, did you tell him to move on when you knew that you was about to be out of the door? 
Was that a discussion? Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, I can tell you how that went down. Um, I, recruiting, recruiting Xavier, you know, I had a relationship with his family because Damon played for me. Uh, he had uh, another brother, uh, uh, Thaddeus, who was a football player at Dunbar when I was there, you know. And then they had an older brother, Sean Pinot, who was this, uh, an assistant principal at Dunbar. Both his parents went to Dunbar. So Xavier comes to Dunbar and he didn't, he didn't play for me because at that time he was a 10th grader and, and, uh, I'm sorry, he, he was going, he came in as a ninth grader, but ninth grade couldn't play varsity. So he had to play, play JV. So, you know, I had a relationship with, with, with the family and, and we recruited him hard, you know, and, uh, and he, he signed and, and, and came and, uh, had had a had a hell of a freshman year. As a matter of fact, I think he was rookie of the year in the in the conference, you know. And um and and to show you how loyal he was when 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 they would did not renew my my contract, he said, F this, I'm out of here. You know, y'all took my man away. I'm I'm out of here. So I talked to so the coach from from Boston College contacted me and said, look man, he said, we'd love to have him, you know, can you help us out? Yada yada yada. So I talked to Xavier a little bit, you know, and, and that's how the move was made for him to go to go to Boston College, you know. And 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 when I left there, uh when I left Howard, uh Xavier was playing in the in the Big East. I had a point guard that we had recruited, uh uh, uh um um John Linehan. He played for 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 uh Providence. And uh then I had Simon Ogilesi, who was a big six eight African kid, that we were we we had set him out, and he ended up going to um, uh, um, uh, I can't think of the school up there in Philly. Um, so I had I had three 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 yeah Temple what no one Temple uh, uh the other one um uh they play in that Big Five conference I can't think of man I'm getting old man I can't remember a lot of stuff so good but, but but I had I had I had three or four of those guys that that left left Howard and ended up playing major division one you know um on on their way so it's all good it's all yeah. good uh take us through uh you know we got a couple of more minutes take us through leaving Howard and, and, and getting a job at UDC and uh how did how did that all transpire and took place yeah yeah well Will Jones was the, was the head coach at UDC and uh he ended up going to Norfolk State and got, got he got the head coaching job in Norfolk State. So, you know, I was in limbo. You know, as a matter of fact, I had gone back to Dunbar and, and was uh was working at Dunbar and um the, the UDC job came open and that had the caveat of being the athletic director as well as the head men's basketball coach, which which really was 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 attractive to me because you know, I thought that was a opportunity to be on administrative level as well as coaching, you know. And on top of that, being the athletic director, I wasn't gonna fire myself. So you know, I had I was my own boss. You know, so um, that's how that came about. You know, and I interviewed for that job, and and uh, we had a good run at UDC. We took them to the NCAA Division II playoff, and and uh, you know, uh, I had the, the the nation's second leading score in in uh, Rasheem Wright. So we we had some we had some ballers up there, you know. So it was a good good run, you know. And uh, it was unfortunately, you know, my timing was bad on these college levels because <laughs> when I when I got to UDC, there was not a lot of, of of stuff in place in terms of support system like uh, 
like compliance officers and, and assistant athletic directors and things of that nature. And of course, after I left and they said, we need to put these in place. We need to put this in place. And that's when, you know, things kind of took off of them administratively and uh, they started putting a little more money into the program and made things a little better, but you know, it is what it is, man. You know, I ain't got no complaint. You know? Absolutely. Uh, I was up at UDC when you first got the job up there. Uh, I, I had went to Fairville State. I don't know if you remember. I do and remember. I, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I came into your office and I was like, uh, Coach, I'm trying to play. You know, I ain't played, you know, right. at all. And you took me, uh, you talked to me about eligibility. And mm-hmm. and reason why I'm bringing this up, because I want to teach the parents and, and, and student athletes about eligibility and what you told me. Uh I don't vividly remember like what it was, but you were saying something about my process had already started. Right. started. Yeah. Can yeah. you talk about that a little bit so you can uh, educate some of the uh, kids and parents about that? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know, to be honest with you now, and I talk about the way it was back then yes. uh, because I'm sure things have changed, but what I was explaining to you is that, that you get, you get uh, five years to play four, okay? And once you enroll in, in Fayetteville State, your clock started ticking. And so you could you could go to Fayetteville State for one or two years then come back home and 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 be home and, and, and you know, do what you, you're doing, whatever. Then you enroll in UDC where you, you, you get two years um, – at Fayetteville State, which means you got three years to play two now, okay? And so if, you, if you're if you ineligible, if you didn't have enough credits to transfer in, then you would have had to wait another year. So that means you only have one year left to play. So that's some of the nuances that a lot of kids, you know, and a lot of parents are not aware of. Now, things have changed now with this transfer portal that these kids go into and they can play right away. Back in the day, when you transferred, now in your case, you were going from a D1 to a D2, so you would have been eligible to play right away had you met all the academic requirements, you know, you've been good to go. But now, you know, kids can transfer and and, and play right away and, and, you know, which, you know, they're kind of like free agents now, you know, on, 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 so things are different, but, you know, that's how it was back then. You know? Absolutely. A uh, couple of more questions, coach. I want to uh, uh, talk about uh, the players that you coach. Uh, some of the, some, can you, when I, when I spit out a name to you, just uh, give a couple of words, what you think about them. The first, the first person that I'm going to uh, bring up is Earl Tice. Earl Tice. Tice. Yes, yes sir. sir. Yes, sir. Let me tell you about Pep. Pep was Pep is a clutch, clutch player. I mean, when the game was on the line, me as a coach, I always tried to put the ball in Pep's hand because I knew that if he's going to get fouled, he's going to the free throw line because they had to foul us at that point. Pep going to the free throw line and make those free throws. You know, Pep was very coachable. You know, uh, Pep had a lot of flair with his game. You know, he had to cross so we go behind his back. Woo, woo, woo. And I let Pep do his thing. And Pep and I had a mutual understanding. Pep, Pep would tell you to this day, he, you know, he said, Coach would let me do my thing. But if I effed up, Coach would be in my stuff. And that's how that's that's how our relationship was. And and I loved him. Uh, uh still do, still in touch with him. He's in North Carolina now. And uh, yeah, yeah, Pep Pep's a hell of a man. Hell of a man. Uh, 
Michael Gill. Michael Gill, the thrill. The thrill. <laughs> the thrill. Michael, let me tell you, Michael Gill had, had probably the most potential um, when he came to me of anybody that I had coached. I knew Mike was going to be a hell of a player. Unfortunately for me, and and that's some, I, I don't know if it was unfortunate for Mike, but I didn't get a chance to coach him his his whole career because I left, you know, had had I stayed. And I talked to Mike the other day and I told him, I said, man, the one regret I have is that I didn't get to coach you your whole career, you know, mm-hmm. because I know, had, had, had I, I feel like that had I coached Mike his whole career, Dunbar, he probably would have been the player of the year. Gatorade player of the year in D.C., all met, first team all met, which he was anyway. But I, I just think he would have had a, had, a, had, a, had a hell of a career because I, I knew what Mike could do, and we would have we would have ran the offense through Mike, you know. Um, so, you know, that's Mike Gill, the thrill Gill. <laughs> uh, we, we talked about him earlier, Xavier Singleton. Yeah, yeah. Probably one 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 of the best shooters I've had, you know, and and he was silky smooth. He was like six four, um, shooting guard, uh, could shoot the ball. Quiet player on on the floor, didn't do a whole lot of talking, you know. He let his game talk for itself, you know. Uh, and a solid kid, you know. He 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 was good good dude, good good dude to have on your team, you know. Absolutely. Um, Johnny Rose, didn't you you coach Johnny Rose, right? Yep. Yes, sir. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny was one one of the smartest players I, I I've had, and and Johnny could Johnny could play like maybe four or five different positions. He was long, he had long arms, um, tremendous defensive player, you know, uh, coachable. Ended up going to University of Maryland. I, I still think I, I think Johnny still holds uh, Maryland steals record, um, wow. most steals uh, either in Maryland or ACC, one of the two. You know, as was Nate Langley. Nate Langley held the NCAA. Steals record uh, for he, he still might have that record, you know. Wow. Uh, Nate, Nate was a hell of a hell of a hell of an athlete. Nate Nate Lang, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Coach, real quick, um, any any other players that I didn't? I know I know it's a lot of players that you that that, that could come right off in your hand that meant so much to you that, that, that I forgot. Couple of them. I'm, I'm, I can name Lorenzo Roach. Was was the best man to man defensive player I ever had, and Lorenzo and Romeo both. Romeo Roach was his older brother who was ahead of him. Romeo was a tremendous point guard. All of, he made our team go. You know, Lorenzo followed right into that pattern of of of, of what Romeo did as far as a team leader. That's how I knew Lorenzo was going to be a coach and was going to be a good coach. You know, and of course you got Donald Ford. Donald Ford. Uh, 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 the game was just easy for Donald Ford, you know, and, and Donald Ford hit that 35 footer against Carroll in the 89 city championship game in front of 14,000 people. Wow. And, and my career took off after that, after that <laughs> shot. Right Absolutely. I had, a, I had a lot of great players, man. Claude Green, yeah. um, Marshall, you know, just to name a few. And, um, you know, it was, it was, you know, I, I, I know I'm leaving somebody out, you know, but, um, Hope their feelings don't get hurt. But, man, <laughs> I know, right? I, I had some players, man. I had some players. Absolutely. Uh, be- before you go, two, 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 two more questions. Uh, is it true that? I, and I, I was listening to uh, podcast. I think it was the Burn Davis uh, podcast with Moochie Norris. Is it true that Moochie Norris went to Dunbar and he didn't make the Dunbar the Dunbar squad? 
And if <laughs> and can you talk about that? Like I, <laughs> sure. I sure want to know how Bucci Dawes didn't make the squad at Dunbar. What happened? I tell you exactly what happened. Moochie was at Dunbar. And and uh when the grades came out, Moochie was not eligible. Moochie didn't have his 2.0. And so I, I told Moochie, I said, look, man, I see I said, I don't think you got the, the well, I know you don't have the 2.0. I said, I'm gonna try to get you down on JV until you can get your grades up, you know. And um and I, you know. Moochie, Moochie, man, Moochie's a hell of a player. So Moochie, Moochie wasn't going for that. It wasn't no hard feeling. Yeah. He ended up transferring to Cadoza. But the funny thing was, when he left me, he was ineligible. And then when he got to Cadoza, he became eligible right away. So I don't know how that worked out. <laughs> but but Moochie, that's my man. He ended up playing for me in the in the USBL as point guard, him and Kurt Smith. Okay. And uh, you know we had a hell of a run that year with with that group, you know. So and 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 that was my next question: the USBL. Can you talk about that a little bit before you go? Uh, how was how was the experience coaching in the USBL? That was a terrible experience, and the reason it was such the reason it was such a terrible experience was our ownership was uh, they were clueless, man. You know they wasn't they wasn't trying to pay the guys and and. And, and, and if you ask any of those guys on that team, I held that team together because the only reason, because they weren't getting paid. And when they were getting paid, they wouldn't get paid on time. And and uh, and they kind of stuck with it, you know, because of me and because of the love of the game. And and, and and that's that's how we got through that first year, you know. And then the second year, I ended up quitting midseason because – it just wasn't worth the aggravation, man. You know, you know, you got guys that come into practice and 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 trying to, you know, they wasn't making a whole lot. We wasn't making NBA money, you right. understand? But but whatever money they were making, they needed it. And then we, you know, Kurt was the was the player of the year, my first year, and they wouldn't pay Kurt, so Kurt ended up leaving and going on to uh, uh, play in Connecticut. You know, so I said, man, I don't need this aggravation. So. You know, it could have been a good situation if we had the right ownership, you know, because right. we definitely had the players. Uh, but it just it just wasn't it wasn't good, man. It was toxic, to be honest with you. Do, do you think a league like that can happen again or, uh, you know? Yeah, I, I definitely think so, man, because there's so many players, you know, in this area. Now, the G League kind of, you know, um, uh, you know, it's cut down on, on what you would get in the USBL. But the USBL can be a springboard to get you overseas, can get you a contract. Like Moochie, Moochie played in the USBL. Next thing you know, he in the league, he in the right. NBA. You know, so uh, uh, it, it, it's definitely a place for that for that for that league to be here. Yeah. Hey, coach, this coach, this this I I can't I can't thank you uh, no more. Before you go, before I let you go, because I be following you on Facebook and different things like that, and you know, I I need to know which, which your favorite cigar. <laughs> 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 right now, right now, I'm on I'm on a Macanudo kick, which okay. is a which is a a, a a a mild cigar. But I have been um, uh, smoking a Drew Estate Tabac, T A B A C, and it has a, a, a it has a it's in it's it's infused with with a coffee uh, taste. 
Okay. And it's a nice, nice smell as well as a nice draw, you know. So right now, those are my two go-tos, you know. And uh, <laughs> that's a good question, man. You know, I love a good cigar, man. Oh, yeah. yes, yes, indeed. Uh, I got to get out. Get out. Wish you to have one. I know Absolutely. Uh, Mike Gill do something. And, and, and you, y'all the two people that I know that, uh, you know, partake right. in that type of thing. Before right. you go, right. uh, Coach, uh, uh, I really appreciate having you on. Is there anything that you can tell the uh, student athlete and, uh, of now and uh, coaches like like myself that's trying to come up in the ranks and, 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 and go in the same footsteps that you was able to go into? Yeah, no question. For for the coaches like yourself trying to trying to trying to climb that climb that ladder, you got to put yourself in a position. You got to pay your dues. You gotta you gotta go to these clinics, go to these camps. Make yourself known so they say, hey, I see this dude here all the time, you know. And 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 when you when you're going to those clinics and camps and you're taking notes and you're also networking, you know, you're trying to get to know certain people and you know, get some phone numbers and that type of thing, because you never know. And it's it's a small world, man, in this basketball thing, you know, and, and you get to meet people and you never know when that cat gets a job and he remembers. I remember that dude. You know, that dude, yeah, yeah, Jay Ty, yeah, yeah, yeah. He does, does his homework. Yeah, yeah. Let me give him a call. That's how that stuff happened. For the, for, the, for, the, for the youngsters, man, you know, I always say, I used to always tell my guys to create a need for yourself. And what I meant by that was find out what you do and do it well that the coach has to have you on the floor. Maybe it's defense. Maybe it's rebounding. Maybe it's shooting the ball, you know, but find that niche, whatever that, that niche is, and create that need so that when it comes crunch time and we need a stop, then I know I can go over here to Slim because because this is my man. He He's the best defender I got, you know. And and that's just the, the, the concept that I had in terms of, 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 you know, what the kids can do, you know, to, to create time for themselves because everybody want playing time. You know, absolutely. So create that need, man. Where I got to put you in the game. You know, and that's 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 the thing. You know? Absolutely, hey, yeah. Coach, man. I can't thank you for your time enough. My pleasure, uh, man. My appreciate pleasure. you. We got to do it again, Coach. Please, thank you for coming on this platform. I really appreciate my, it. My pleasure, man. And, and in any any way I can help you, man, you know how to reach me, man. So just reach out, okay? Absolutely, my man. All Have right, a good take one. it easy. All right, All you right. too. All right. Coach McLeish out.